Hey everyone, so recently I decided to do a thing. After nearly three years and two and a half million downloads, I changed the name of the show from Journey to Manifesting to the Sarah Prout Podcast. Everything is still the same, just with a different name, so I hope you enjoy. This is episode three with Julie Montague. Welcome to your journey to manifesting. My name is Sarah Prout, best-selling author and creator of the Manifesting Academy. Each week, I'll bring you an inspirational message or share powerful conversations with thought leaders, game changers, and light workers. The intention here is to motivate you to create the life of your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Now let the journey to manifesting begin. Hello, everyone. I have such a beautiful guest to share with you today. Her name is Julie Montague, and she's also known as the Flexi Foodie. She's one of London's top yoga and nutrition teachers, and she was recently named in the top 10 holistic health icons in the entire world. She's one of Britain's most inspiring women. And today we have a conversation about life, about having four children and the craziness that shows up and how to navigate the world of health and wellness. So it's my absolute pleasure to present to you, Julie Montague. Welcome, Julie. It's so incredible to be able to have this conversation with you today. I'm really excited to be here. So I'm so glad that we connected. And um, and it's just wonderful with technology today that you're where you are and I'm all the way where I am and we can still speak, which is great. Yeah. So my first question is really fun and I ask everybody this. So just imagine for a moment that you have been given three invitations to host a dinner party so you can invite anybody from history, dead or alive. Who would you invite and why? Okay. So I have to pick three or one person. Three. Just- Three people. Two people. Oh, okay. Three people. Okay. Um, number one, number one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I love her. Is Oprah Winfrey? I just have to pick her. Yes. I just, I think she'd be so fun. And do you know what? I grew up in Chicago, and so I saw her before she got her like the Oprah show it was when she was on WGN. Wow. And um, so I was, so I was on WGN and or not on it, but I would watch her on WGN in Chicago mm-hmm. and it was great. So, um, I would have to definitely, it would be Oprah Winfrey. Um, and then second, so, so it's dead or alive. Is that dead right? Or alive. You can invite anyone. Okay. Like, so two okay. Bar- okay. Barack Obama. Uh-huh. Um, for sure. I just, I just think, I don't know. He's, I, I, okay. So I know my three. It's so funny. I'm going to do Oprah, Barack and Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, hang on. I'm going to give you one more because I think they're allowed their plus ones and I'm pretty sure Barack oh, okay. would invite his wife. <laughs> He would invite his wife. I mean, I love Barack and Michelle, so mm-hmm. I would. I just think that they what they've, they're brilliant speakers. They're fun, and they're just you know. I think that they try to at the end of the day, both of them really try to unite people. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be okay. So that's my number two, and then I think my well, I know my number three. Um, I'm going to try to pick somebody dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try to pick somebody dead. So I think the person that I would pick, oh dear, I'm just trying to think what my, cause I, I, my husband would probably be involved with this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Oh gosh, this is a hard one. It is, isn't it? I always find yeah. that people get stumbled on they stumble on the third one. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? And I and then I'm sure I could probably come okay, well, maybe this one Oh, I do like bringing people back from the dead because I just think that it would be so interesting. But now I'm like, cut it. Oh, I know. Do you know who I'd bring back from the dead? Mm-hmm. Look at me and my prep. But I would, I really would bring back um, John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. That's, That's so who I would bring back. Um, <laughs> I would definitely bring back John F. Kennedy Jr. I think it's because I had a massive crush on him. (laughs) So when he died, I was like distraught and devastated. Mm -hmm. And I just, um, I would, I don't know. I just think he'd be really interesting to, to talk to about, um, how he felt about dying so early and what he else wanted to achieve in his life and what, you know, cause he died so young. So I think it'd be, definitely be John F. Kennedy Jr. And also because I have a, had a crush on him. <laughs> what so, a great yeah. combination of people. I can't help but notice as well that they're all American. <laughs> I know. You think I would go out of, of my comfort zone of being American. But I just think that some of the greatest heroes. I mean, of course, England has amazing heroes. too. I mean, I guess I was doing it country specific. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to think of England, you know, then it would be David Attenborough. Yes. And then it be princess diana and you know what i mean and then it would be oh dear and then there's see then you get stuck oh more invitations yeah i know (laughs) i need to have a bigger dinner party that's such a fun question i love asking people that because you'd be surprised at the different answers that i'm starting to get it's it's crazy Yeah, I bet. Oh my gosh. No, that is super fun. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So you were recently named one of the top health icons in the world, which is absolutely incredible. I'd love to know how you started on your yoga journey and what life looked like, looked like when you began back then. Okay. So yeah, so that's super exciting. I, I really had no plan to get, to kind of get to where I got today. Um, right around the time that my yoga journey started, um, and what my life was like. Uh, let's see. It was chaotic. It was disorganized. I was angry. I was unhappy just at myself, not necessarily at my kids or my husband. I was exhausted. I, I It was like Groundhog Day. It was like every day I woke up and it was the exact same thing. And every night I would go to bed and I'd feel the exact same way. And I remember thinking, this is it. Like, this is my life. Like, this is how it's going to be. And, um, and I think for me having four kids like you have as well, it's, you know, it's so funny because when I went from, I thought going from three to four Mm -hmm. was just going to be like no problem, (laughs) but I I have to say it's much more exhausting much. I don't think people going from two to three was, was fine. It wasn't, wasn't, it didn't seem any different to me. Going from three to four was, was the big one, was the one that I was like, oh my gosh. And that's the, that's the one that really exhausted me. So life before yoga was giving to everybody else, making sure everybody else was happy and not caring one iota about myself, about nothing about me, nothing about what I put in my body, nothing what I did for myself. I never even thought about myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just didn't even think about myself. I was thinking about everybody else. Yeah. Oh, I completely relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy. So how old are your children, Julie? So I've got, my youngest is just about to turn 11 in about two weeks time. Oh, yeah. So that's quite sad. Um, 
very sad. And then we have a nearly, and then the second eldest or the second youngest or however order you want to put it in, uh, William, he is about to turn 13 again in about, th- uh, in about a month's time. And then we have Jack who's 16 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then we have Emma who turned 19 this summer. So she's just started university because over in this country, most people take what's called a gap year. Oh, so they leave, they leave secondary school slash high school and then they pretty much travel the world. And that's, she went, she went everywhere in the world and saw everything and then got back and is now at university. Oh, wow. So you've got three boys and a girl and I've got three girls and a boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. And is your boy the youngest? No, he's the oldest. He's 16. And my youngest is nine months. So oh my I really so spaced jealous. it out. But having said that, it's over the span of two <laughs> marriages. So I had them in batches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. But I'm so jealous you have a nine month old like that. Oh. I, I look at babies now and I'm like, oh, why didn't I have one more? Why didn't I have one more? Because it's sad when my youngest is almost 11. It, it breaks my heart. Yeah, it's you know, I'm delicious, like, that maybe. newborn phase and those yes. beautiful chubby cheeks. You know, it, it's great. I'm really enjoying it because I know that that time's going to go so quickly. Yes, it does. I mean, I just dropped mine off to university. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, she's my only girl. So now I'm surrounded in a house with just testosterone oh. everywhere. <laughs> Super fun. So have you worked with your children on teaching them about wellness and yoga practices and spirituality? Um, do you know, I haven't so much like worked with them in this, I, but it's because it's so an integral part of my life that it obviously spills over into my home life. So everything about me is to do with wellness. So I think for my kids, it's much more about leading by example and they see what I do. And the next thing you know, they're like, Oh, I don't want to eat that. That's not very healthy. Or mommy, I came home from a birthday party and guess what? They had really bad, disgusting, sugary sweets and I didn't eat any of them. And that was just, you know, choices that they're making or mommy, I signed up for a cooking class at school, a healthy cooking course at school, or, you know, I signed up for yoga at school. So I think it's really just spilled over into the family life. So there, I'm just really leading by example. I found that when they were younger and I was trying to like force it down their throats, that's when rejection can oh, much yeah. ease yeah, can happen. So, happen a lot. <laughs> so they just really learn from me and they'll ask They're they're very open to learning, but also they will ask a lot of questions as well, which is great. And they, you know, I think that they, as they get older, in particular, my daughter, she's a really good example. You know, she's gone to university and mm. I, when I go and visit her, she's like, oh, oh, she came back actually um, last weekend because she had a birthday party to go to. One of her friends was turning 20. So she just came back for one night, but she was like, mom, can we go out to brunch? We got to brunch. She orders a green juice and she's like, oh, it's because I know you're going to pay for it. I want to treat myself to something healthy. But you know, it's things like that because green juices are obviously super expensive. She can't afford it. But she knew at least coming back home, she's like, and I want a green juice and I want this healthy breakfast. And it was really nice. Oh, that, that's oh, so that. good for them because I, in America, and I'm sure you understand this too, it's so sad to see the the lack of self-care of the parents yeah. and how that filters down to the children. And you can see that they're really suffering. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I, I mean, I was just in America in, uh, in August in New York. So even living in a, you know, I mean, you didn't, you don't see it as much in New York because it's, you know, quite fashionable and it's a, you know, it's a big, um, urban city, but 
you can, you, you still see it and you're like, Oh my gosh, these parents don't take care of themselves. And then their kids think, okay, I don't have to take care of myself either. Yeah. I think it's the first generation where parents might outlive their children. Yeah. Which is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. But hopefully, you know, with people like you and with what I'm doing that we can, you know, one by one spread the word Mm. and it'll keep catching on hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, I, I believe that food is one of the greatest spiritual resources that we have in order to help to raise our vibration of our body. Yeah. So what are some of the daily practices, the, the essentials that you have that have to go inside your body? So green juice, obviously. What yeah, green juice. Oh, green tea. I'm a green teaaholic, but you have to make sure you pick really good green tea. That's my thing. I'm a really, when I say green teaaholic, I'm a really good green teaaholic. So I make sure that my green tea is like from really good green leaves. So, um, and then just before you called, I had smashed avocado with lemon juice, um, hot sauce doesn't have any extra sugar in it. It was just a good hot sauce salt and pepper, and I put it on a buckwheat um, uh, rice cake. So yeah. And then for lunch today, so that's why I was hungry because for lunch today, I ended up having a smoothie and my smoothie was a spit. It's called the grasshopper. It's my favorite. And it was spinach and kale mixed with matcha, um, ice cubes, um, coconut water, coconut meat, and I think coconut nectar. And it's amazing. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Yeah. So I think for me, I mean, everything, everything I do around my day, well, I wouldn't say revolves around food, but in the sense that I'm always thinking like, oh, okay, I'm hungry right now. What can I get that's going to keep me energized and keep me motivated and, and keep me, you know, really with a clear head. So I really make the point of, I'd say almost pretty much every meal I'm thinking, okay, what's going to make me feel good? What is my body going to like? What is my body going to energize me? And, and give me, like you said, really that good vibration. I'm rarely the type of person that, um, I'm rarely the type of person that's like, Oh, and just go and eat that pizza if you want to. And that tub of ice cream. Um, so I think that's fine. Um, of course, but I know when I eat that stuff, I don't, I don't feel good afterwards. You know what I mean? So I really do. I have to say I'm quite strict with my diet, but I'm quite happy with that. I, it makes me feel really, really good. And I think once you start like adding or adding in the good and subtracting the bad, mm-hmm. you, your body doesn't even crave those, that tub of ice cream or that bag of potato chips or that big old pizza. It just, my body doesn't even crave it yeah. anymore. Well, I, I, don't know. I recently discovered uh, in my own research that so many people are suffering because of their attachment emotionally to food, that they stuff yeah. down their emotions and they numb themselves to their potential by just consuming whatever they want to. And I, I love seeing the difference of people that maybe start a detox or um, you know have green smoothies every day for a month, and then they, they really start to notice the difference and begin to light up. Yeah, totally. You know, it's that's the difference. And I, and I think obviously there is this whole thing around emotional eating and it's just something that we have to accept. And when we open up that fridge and we just stare at it and we're just looking for something, we have to stop ourselves and be like, okay, am I really looking for food to nourish myself or my bored or looking for something to stuff my emotions down with and not have me think about it? Um, 
So I think, you know, there's this, luckily there's this whole big movement and around emotional eating, but again, it's a mindful practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a mindful practice that you have to be mindful of what you're eating and why are you eating it? And once you create that habit around why you're eating the stuff you're eating before you know it, you'll be able to stop yourself from that, that emotional eating happening. But it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a work in progress. Mm, yeah. It's definitely a form of addiction too, because I've seen yeah. this in so many different people, whether it's drugs or alcohol or food, whatever it is to bridge that disconnection between themselves and higher power, totally. or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. It's a way to switch off. You know, they switch off for those 15 minutes while they're eating it. And then, but it comes back. So I always say, if you want to switch off for those 15 minutes, go do some breathing exercises, go take a walk around your block several times, you know, listen to some inspirational music, but don't go into that emotional eating because that's, what's going to make you feel worse. Whereas if you walk or you meditate or you listen to inspirational music, you're going to feel good afterwards. Or do yoga. <laughs> yeah. Or do yoga. Of course. Of course. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Yoga for me. Yeah. People ask me, they're like, do you do it? Every, they're like, you can't possibly do it every single day because you teach so much and you're so busy. I mean, I can tell you, Sarah, it, there is rarely a day that goes by that I miss doing my, miss actually physically going to a class and doing it. I don't do, I mean, I could do online stuff, but for me, I really feed off the energy of the teacher and the class. Yeah. So I, I book in my yoga every Sunday night using my mind body app. So I know, because so, I have my diary, I know, ex- or my scheduler, and I know exactly what I'm doing. And then I just pick yoga classes around it. So, you know, I've, I've did a yoga class yesterday. I did a yoga class today. I'm booked in tomorrow at 815. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so I just make sure I do it because it makes me feel so good. And I think that's what people need to really remember to do things that make them feel good and empowered and vibrant so that they're yeah. not just living life, you know, as a zombie walking through their daily life, like groundhog day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So who inspires you? Who in the health and wellness space has really helped to uh, <laughs> shape who you are today? Um, you know, a couple of people. I would say, um, uh, number one, Chris Carr. So, and she's also a good friend of mine. We're both Hay House, um, Hay House authors. Mm-hmm. So Chris Carr is just an inspiration, really. Her story is phenomenal, you know. She had cancer, I think it was stage four, and really put herself in remission by the food she eats. Um, she can't have children because of that, um, because of the cancer. Um, but she just embraces life, and it's and her energy is just infectious, and she's really inspiring to be around. So I would say Chris, and um, and then really somebody in. Um, who I used to and still do, um, but I was obsessed with her before she died, and her name was um, Debbie Ford. And I don't know if you've come across Debbie Ford before. I have. I've actually connected with her sister. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Ariel wow. Ford. I, when I was doing compilation books many years ago, her sister was actually in my book and shared her story. So, Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> well, she was – I have to say, um, when I was really – you know, remember, my youngest is – is 11. And so before she died, I had just had my, my fourth and, um, she, uh, I just listened to a lot of her podcasts and they were incredibly 
inspirational for me. So, and I've seen her, you know, obviously do um, talks with Oprah yeah. and yeah. she's just, it was, you know, cause she's all about coming out from your shadows and yes. coming into the light and not staying in the darkness. And for me, even talking about that gives me chills. So those are two, I'd say, you know, big inspirations um, for me, inspirational people for me. Oh, I love oh. I love talking about the shadow work stuff as well because I yeah. believe that the the most amount of growth is through the conversations that we have that are kind of difficult to have and through being vulnerable and uh, I share a lot with my audience and I love to do that because I can see that people can resonate so strongly with the stories that we want to share. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Let's talk a little bit about, and if, if you're okay with this, because I'd love to get your perspective on this specific topic. A couple of friends of mine have actually been on reality TV shows. So I kind of have the inside scoop on what it's like. But yeah, how do you feel about being a reality TV star on Ladies of London and your work in the health and wellness space? How do you believe that those mix, are they complementary or oh. are they, you know, polar opposites? I've always been curious okay. to get your take on that. Horrendous. Uh, the good news is that uh, Ladies of London has been canceled. Oh, wow. So um, there's no season four. And when I found out in April, I literally was in the Grand Canyon with my parents and I bought a bottle of champagne to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, it, I I didn't enjoy, you know, I didn't enjoy very much of it. Um, it was very, it was very hard for me because it, it I felt it what I was asked to do and things that I were, that I, that I was asked to say in the interview room went totally against everything I believe. So, yeah. so that was really hard for me. And, but on the flip side, um, what, what the reality TV show did for me was it, um, my husband wasn't working and it provided an income mm. for us I find it, and with four kids and living in London, it's super expensive. Oh, yeah. So it, it provided, um, an income for us. So we had to take it. We thought long and hard about it. So that's, you know, there's one silver lining there. It, it helped us to become a little bit more financially stable. Um, and secondly, you know, really, I think, uh, for me, I didn't necessarily on the show get to get across my, my sort of passion for wellness on the show. They, they were uninterested in that. You know, they were only interested in, in Mapperton and, and my husband's title and the title that I have. And for me, I'm really uninterested in that stuff. Um, <laughs> and so uninterested, but they wouldn't, you know, they, and even if you'd say that, Oh, please film me making something or talking about, my passion, wellness, they'd, and they would be like, okay. And then they'd edit it out. You knew they were never going to use it because they only want the drama. So, and I get that. That's what, you know, I, I get that they have yeah. to be making good show. And so I get, you know, by the time season three rolled around, I knew that they didn't want any of that stuff because it's not interesting so much to the audience. However, I think people, once they started following me on social media, they saw that I'm not like that person on that TV show. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten so many comments saying, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I followed you and found your, you know, wellness path and what you've done. And so there's been silver linings in that, that I feel like people who needed to maybe find me found me and the show was the sort of gateway into, um, into that. But I am so happy it's over. I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> well, I can definitely see the 
the the gateway from being a wellness and health expert to using that as a platform because I think that when people can identify that they can rise above their addiction to drama because so many people don't realize that that's a real thing that yeah they get drawn into gossiping and you know judging being, judging blaming shaming and making other people responsible for their happiness and when you rise above that you can actually just see those types of shows as pure entertainment because you can see that it's scripted and it's it's highly orchestrated so I'm I'm so happy that you were okay with sharing that because I know that um you know I I've got a couple of friends that have expressed exactly the same thing but they now see in hindsight that it was really worth the time and the effort because they can use it as a platform to help inspire yeah. other people. Exactly, exactly. So there's always you know listen there's always silver linings in yeah. in things. It's just they have to somehow you don't have to really look you know I always tell people don't go looking for the silver linings when you're doing something you don't like or you're hurting or you're in pain or despair or difficulties, the silver linings will eventually find you. There will be silver linings. Yeah, they do make sense in time. They always do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They always do. So you said that Mapperton and the title doesn't interest you. But I'm no. curious to know that if when you were a little girl, did you ever dream that you would be living in England uh, and, and being respond? I, I, are you still working with Mapperton? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for Mapperton, you know, there's, there's Mapperton and then there's the title thing. My husband and I, there's nothing we can do about it. There is a title, but we find it really archaic and we don't find it really relevant to today. I mean, I know that people like the history and the history is interesting. You know, that it is the history of the sandwich and all of that stuff. But I think for, uh, for Luke and I, we find it incredibly archaic because having a title Lord and Lady or Viscount and Viscountess or Earl and Countess, it's, it's sort of, it's kind of defines you and, and it can have a big negative connotation to people who think, you know, they might think, cause back in the day, you know, you were the privileged ones and people still to this day think, Oh, you know, they're highly privileged. They're not like us and they don't really get life and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And we totally get life. Um, <laughs> and we're just, you know, our names are Luke and Julie Montague. And so then, but then there's of course the Mapperton side, which really we're just trying to make it into a real business because what's happened, uh, you know, is these houses, these grand houses that, you know, people think, oh, you're so lucky to have them. Mm. No, we're not. They're <laughs> the biggest burdens and you get taxed like crazy. Oh, and mm -hmm. that's why most families give it up. They throw in the towel and they sell it to you know, an investment banker or, you know, a Russian oligarch or, you know, a prince from the Middle East. And because they're the ones who can afford the upkeep. So what we're trying to do is we are trying to not have to do that. And we're making it much more commercial. So the house is open to the public. The gardens are, there's a restaurant, there's a shop. Um, and we hold events there and we're going to be holding yoga retreats there. Oh, we're wow. opening the house. So it's, it's it, Mapperton to us is a business. It's a business, but to keep the family history, you know, cause that's what people want. You can't just open up a house cause it's pretty. It's got to have the family history around it. That's why people are going to it. Mm. So for anybody that's listening, that is in England or wanting to go to England, Dorset is absolutely beautiful. I've beautiful. been to Dorset twice. I haven't been to Mapperton oh, and I'd love to one day, but I lived in England for a little while. My first husband was English. So we, we spent a little time there and we used to go to this little bed and breakfast in Burton Bradstock, which is absolutely gorgeous. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, that is amazing. Yeah. 
that is great. Um, but it's beautiful. I know, I know that village as well. So it's fantastic. It's just gorgeous. I'd love to go back to England and take my new husband there. He's never been. Right. So. Oh yeah. You have to for sure. Yeah. It's such a, such a gorgeous place. So have you ever been to Vegas? I have been to Vegas yeah. I, I once or twice, but it was for work way back in the day. So I never really experienced it. But one of my best friends lives in Henderson. Oh, is that right? Yes. Henderson. Yes. Which I think is outside Las Vegas. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, I'm out, outside of Las Vegas as well, but Henderson's on the other side. So I live in a place right, called right. Summerlin. But that, that's the other thing about perceptions. I live in Las Vegas and there's so much judgment, you know, or it's Sin City and people go there to be devious or to gamble and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's actually really beautiful. I live near, yeah. the, I live near the Red Rocks. So beautiful. It's, it's so gorgeous. And I, I think the other thing that I want to really encourage people to remember is you get to choose how to guide your energy. So you can either operate from the paradigm of fear or you can operate from the paradigm of love and, and just yeah. kind of going with that flow of energy. And I know you've faced that through being on reality TV to, yeah. you know, all of the things that you've had to face. There's, there's so many great opportunities to look beyond it and to understand that we're all just human. We're all on this this incredible journey together. Totally. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say is, if you don't mind sharing, one of the most difficult situations that you've ever manifested in your life? Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I like to ask um, the big questions, Julie. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I think probably moving, I know that sounds, but I would say definitely moving to London. Um, for me, I'd never been out of America before and I left, you know, my, I left my comfort zone. I left, I left everything that, um, that kept me grounded and rooted. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the scariest things I've ever done, um, was moving to London and I'm so glad I did. Um, but I hated it for the first year. That's for sure. Um, but it, it really taught me so much about being independent. And it also taught me so much about there is a, another world out there, not just the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And I think where I grew up, it was just about the United States of America. And it's, it's definitely given me empathy, uh, compassion for others and really, to, to see that the world, we're all, we all live on this earth, you know, it's not. And, and so for me, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. It's, oh gosh, it's so interesting to hear that perspective as well. Cause what I've found is that the Americans that have traveled do tend to have that broader perspective and understanding that it's not all Fox news or yeah, uh -huh. you know, that exactly. America's, that's it. And there's no other universe going on outside. But, um, my husband and I, for the first five years of our relationship, we lived in Australia together because that's where I'm from. Yep. And then I mean we moved to the States with our, well, I had only three children at the time and three dogs. And it was so scary because we didn't have a house to live in. And, you know, we had to live in a hotel until we found somewhere to live. And, but I love that, that sense of adventure as well. I believe yeah. that that's really where, you know, inspired ideas come from and, and new avenues begin to open up. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what's next for you? What are you working on? Um, well, my, my book number four comes out January 4th and it's called Recharge, a year of self-care to focus on you. And so that is one of the main things that's really, I've written it, obviously it was about 55,000 words 
and I'm just going through now all the editing and it's about to go, um, it's been typefaced and everything and it's about to go to print in about two weeks time. So, um, yeah, so that's super exciting for me. Um, the fourth book's coming out and then I've just opened up my, um, Julie Montague school of yoga where I'll be doing, um, 200 hour teacher training programs and 50 hour programs and mentoring. So I've got still, um, a lot on my plate, but I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. And you've got four kids. It's absolutely and I've got madness, four kids. but I, I know exactly. how you feel. <laughs> exactly. I'm so glad you can relate to that. That's just brilliant. I can. It's, it's so much fun. So where do you think you'll be in five years? Um, do you know, it's so funny because I, I do like thinking about five years, but I, I think I'll probably be spending more time down at Mapperton. That's for sure. So I'll definitely be spending more time down at Mapperton. Um, but I still think I'm going to have a big presence here in London with my yoga. I think the school of yoga is going to be growing I'll, by five years time. Hopefully I'll be on book number eight or something along those lines. And again, really just keep doing the things that I'm doing, but growing it. Um, my Truly Julie um, women's wellness membership site has been growing from strength to strength and that's really a portal for women to learn how to, um, take care of themselves. So, um, you know, I just want to really grow the current businesses that I have mm -hmm. and, and spend a little bit more time down at Mapperton oh, for sure. That sounds amazing. So I just want to take this opportunity, Julie, to honor you for the work that you do in the world. Oh, thank you. Such an inspiration to so many people. And I can't wait to see where the rest of your journey unfolds. And I can't wait to read the book as well. And thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. It was an thank you, Sarah, pleasure. so much. That was such a fun and powerful conversation with Julie. I'm just so grateful that she took the time out of her busy yoga schedule to connect and to talk about all things to do with wellness and health. If you want more information about Julie Montague, please go to juliemontague.com. But all of the show notes and resources that we mentioned in this episode are on sarahprout.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget, if you love this show, the idea of Journey to Manifesting is to get as many people as possible inspired to create their own reality. So please leave an honest review. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you'd like me to interview any guests in particular. Also, one more thing before I go today, don't forget to check out the Manifesting Academy. The Manifesting Academy is the world's leading online training ground for everything to do with the law of attraction, spirituality, and really playing with the energy of the universe. Go to manifestingacademy.com for more information. That's it from me for this episode. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and I can't wait to connect with you again very soon.